Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dan Nguyen. I'm here with Andy Nguyen, no relation. Although no relation. sometimes I wish I was his brother. Um, <laughs> uh, you may know him uh, for uh, After's Ice Cream, uh, Groundhouse Burger, Doe and Arrow, and Portside Fish Company. Um, but he's got his hands on a lot of things, and I want to welcome Andy to the show today. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Um, I hope you, hopefully you're staying safe over there right now. Yeah, we're, we're, try, we're trying our best and, you know, yeah. uh, taking... Um, um, some extra precautions. Uh, but I think, um, you know, during this time of uh, what's going on, I um, really uh, want to learn about um, business owners like you and what, what did they do to get where they are to, today. But before we get to, you know, your projects, um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and, and how you got started? Yeah, um, I am, I'm Andy Nguyen. I was born and raised in the Little Saigon area, Orange County. Um, like Just like my hat says, Orange County. Uh, lived here my entire life. Um, first generation uh, Vietnamese American. My parents came here um, during the war and uh, they ended up landing in Westminster. And I grew up here in this area, which is, if you come to, if you come to Little Saigon, you will see it's like, it's like, it's like being Vietnam again. Everyone's Vietnamese here. Everyone looks just like me. And it's a, it's a, it's weird. Um, uh, I grew up in this area. I had a lot of Asian friends, but I also had a lot of, you know, Hispanic friends. I had Caucasian friends, black friends. Uh, so a good mix. But um, if you go, you went to like my schools, like a majority of like, you see the yearbook, you'll see like pages and pages of new ones. <laughs> so it was like, it was like the norm seeing that. Um, I went to, you know, I was super awkward as a kid, uh, super shy, didn't talk very much. Uh, always trying to figure myself self out and, and I happened to like fall in line with the troublemakers just because you know those are the those are the open ones letting me in like here if you want to come hang out with us you can come travel with us we're, we're cool and I think that, that led to a lot of like you know rebelliousness and led to you know I got kicked out of school I got kicked out of high school uh, I used that I used that as a uh, I used that time being at home to pretty much learn more about myself and understanding, understanding how much I hated being at home all the time. Um, and that kind of shifted me into the person I am today. Uh, because I thought about a lot of like superheroes and things that I looked up to and I grew up enjoying like music. I grew up enjoying hip hop culture, sports, fashion, and that kind of like triggered me into where, like, where I am right now. Yeah, and then I know one of your first companies was an apparel company, and you know a lot of streetwear. You know, tell us a little how you know when you said, "All right, this is what I'm going into right now." Yeah, uh, I actually I dro I dropped out of college early. Uh, I dropped out after during my second year. I went to community college, and community college you take all your you know you take your general ed courses, and you're trying to figure out what you want to do in life. And I took this course called career planning. And career planning, they had, I was taking surveys, like a bunch of surveys first. And then in the surveys, you know, in my head, I'm thinking like, I'm going to be some like dope, like a sports agent or <laughs> writing music or, you know, like something cool. Right. And I, and then, and the results I got were really, you know, like you see like office administrator, or, like, <laughs> the jan janitorial services. I'm like, no, fuck that. that I'm not doing that. That's crazy. Um, and I, I had no idea what the word entrepreneur went. I only knew what, you know, like people that, you know, when you hear the word business, I always imagine the guy in a suit, um, really clean cut, um, sharks out for money all the time. That's what I pictured a business person. I was like, eh, that's not really my thing. Um, my best friend, he dropped out a little bit earlier. Uh, I dropped about six months into college and he went to work in the real estate field 
as an appraiser. And he told me one day, he's like, Hey, I, um, um, you should, you should join me and, and, and do this real estate appraisal thing. I'm making a lot of money. I'm like, okay, cool. Whatever. I don't, I have no interest in real estate. He goes, um, we can start our own company. And I was like, well, shit, like, <laughs> you can start your own, how do you, how, like, how do you start, how do you start your own company? Like, how's that possible? Like, do we have to dress like those guys? Do we have to do this? No, no, we can do our own thing and, and kind of build our own way. And I think that was like my first jump into, into entrepreneurship and understanding how to build your own company. A lot of the foundations of like how to build a team, having professional lingo when you talk to other business professionals, cause who's going to trust, who's going to trust a 19 year old kid with like bleached, bleached hair and, <laughs> and like, you know, like coming in there and you know, you, you need to, you need to know how to talk to them and, and, and show them your value. And, and I think uh, yeah. through, through that, I built a lot of my early foundation and I did that for two and a half to three years. And I saw the market starting to shift because we were getting ready to hit the recession at that time. And I ended up kind of looking for something else. And fashion was something I really enjoyed. I had my, some of my friends that had their own clothing brands. They weren't really making any money, but it was something I was a lot more interested in than what I'm currently doing. Or I was currently doing at the time, real estate. And I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give it a try. And I studied, I kind of studied what my friends did. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my own brand. And 2007, we launched uh, my brand called I'm King. Yeah. So <clears throat> did you carry both, um, you know, the real estate business and for a little bit? Uh, when did you decide, okay, I'm going to go all in with both I'm King? I think the first year was our transitional phase. We used our office space uh, to do both. We we're still doing our real estate work. And we were starting to do our, our, and our clothing at the same time because we knew that was still our income. Mm -hmm. uh, even though the market was still shifting, we wanted to be smart and not, not dump everything we had because what if things didn't work out? You know, at least we yeah. still have some of this real estate experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I think within the first six, seven, eight months, we closed out everything with the real estate and just focused completely on the, the clothing side. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, going back just a little bit more in high school and college, right? Um, you probably... Was your, were your parents like, hey, we didn't come all the way to America for you to drop out of high school oh, or college, right? Well, Tell me a little bit about that conversation. <laughs> of course. We have, we, have, we have Asian parents. So, you know, your Asian parents do not play around when it comes to education. You know? so, it's crazy. You know, the first time I got kicked out of high school, you know, it was like, they, they, I was like, you know, panic mode. They were freaking out. They are like, dude, we're going to send you to private school. We're going to try to send you all these things. And of course, the private school is like, we're not going to accept the person that got kicked out of school. There's no way, you know. Uh, so I, I went to continuation school, but they were so disappointed. You know, they're like, how are you like failing math and English and all these things? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. It's just, it's just, I wasn't, I wasn't checked in at the time. Um, and when I first told them I was going to leave, I didn't tell them I was going to leave college. Actually. I, I, when I first did the real estate thing, I told them I was going to do the real estate thing, but I lied to them and said, I'm going to do both at the same time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study for my real estate um, appraisal license and then I'm still going to go to school at the same time. But then slowly, you know, you slowly see me transition out and they're like, what happened to school? And I was like, yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> and then you don't talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of don't bring it up. And then, um, you know, they'll try to bring it up. You know, along the way, they always mentioned it like, you know, like go back to school. Why don't you go back to school, please? And when I started doing the clothing thing, they're like, oh my God, are you doing clothing? Who do, how do you make money doing clothing? You know, like that's, yeah. that's not what they're, they're used to seeing. They know, they know the education route. They see people becoming doctors, you know, pharmacists, lawyers. And those are, you know, they just want you to, they just want you to be able to take care of your family and take care of yourself. And that's all they know. You know, they don't, yeah. they living in Vietnam, you don't see somebody like, Hey, we're going to start our own clothing brand in the seventies yeah. and you're going to make money out that. It's, it's, it's insane. Like they don't, they don't get it. Uh, so it took them a long time. It took them a long time to transition to that. But even like, even from me transitioning from, from apparel to food and 
they're like, why? How do you make money selling ice cream? What, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you're already doing okay in clothing. We, we kind of gave you the pass along the way, and then now you're gonna do something else again. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, from uh, from apparel and clothing, how did you make the transition to to food? Um, throughout the year, you know, during the clothing phase of that mid 2008 to 2011, 12. Uh, a lot of people were bl blogging was very popular. You know, everyone had a blog on their website, right? You just like, cause you're always updating WordPress to, to update your news on your site. Cause the, YouTube wasn't as popular yet. Um, there wasn't, we didn't have Instagram yet. We still had, we had Facebook and MySpace at the time. So those are ways we were doing marketing. And I used my blog to kind of share like a lot of my daily things I did. Like you know, where are we eating today? Uh, what music are we listening to? How are we, how, how are we releasing our new collection of clothes? And Food became really popular on my page because people would message me all the time. Oh, thanks for recommending that spot. I didn't know the little Saigon had all these, these hidden spots. Oh, and when I traveled for trade shows, I'd be in like New York or Japan and eat at all these crazy places. And everyone would, I'd be, I became like known as the, like the food recommended recommendations for food. So like, okay, if I go to New York, what are my top five places? I'm like, well, this is it. And when I kept traveling, I kept noticing all these like cool, really unique ice cream stores that had flavors that I've never seen in my life. I was like, I didn't know you could turn all these places you get flavors into ice cream i had we had bassin robbins thrifty cold stone your usual stores and those stores had cool flavors but they weren't like something that like blew my mind you know i went to like when i was in new york i went to chinatown and i saw they had this like almond cookie ice cream i was like you can make you can make those almond cookies into ice cream flavor and then i'd end up in san francisco and i end up at the store called buy right and they had all these like mm -hmm. Like pepper, strawberry, like balsamic, and I was like, "What the hell?" Like <laughs> all these savory ones, right? Yeah, it's just like insane, insane flavors mm -hmm. and ideas that I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. I was, like, I just knew cookies and cream, and I knew mint chip. So I started, I started drawing a lot, a lot of my ideas down. Uh, I started drawing ideas down of flavors that I enjoyed eating as a kid growing up, and things that I currently enjoyed at the time. So I drew flavors like I did, like jasmine milk tea because I love drinking boba. I put together, uh, like, I like eating churros. So I made a churro flavor. Those things kind of like led to the identity of what, um, an ice cream store that I wanted. I threw around, I threw around the idea for about two years. I was like giving away the idea cause I was still busy doing the clothing thing at the time. And everyone just kind of laughed at me like, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, one of my buddies that I grew up with, he had, we had kind of similar ideas. He wanted to do a dessert shop. I wanted to do an ice cream store. And we kind of just teamed up together and said, you know, let's, let's just go for it. And we went to go hunt for an ice cream store. Uh, the, rest, the rest is history. And, yeah. um, you know, you've expanded to kind of different, um, uh, uh, different types of foods. So, like, obviously we know how you got into the ice cream, but now, you, you know, you've got burgers and you got fish and these other those concepts. Like, did that all kind of stem from your experience in traveling and trying different foods as well? Yeah, I, I am. Um, if you if you pay attention to like what I do outside of it, I, I am like on Yelp all the time. I am bookmarking <laughs> places. I'm like a bookmarking monster. Like I am, I study food, I study it. Like I, I treat it like a game. It's like a game for me. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna book the most. These are the top reviewed places, right? These are places that people go eat the most when they go to each city. And when I go there, I need to start conquering it. I need to go see why people are going there. What's the best thing so I can talk about it and, and hopefully develop some ideas on bringing something back to our community back in Orange County. So. If you can share kind of your, your, your process, is it more of like, hey, I like this food mm -hmm. and then I want to bring it back to Orange County. Can you fill in that gap between like trying the food and then finally opening up the store? 
I think my process is a little bit different. Um, yes, I try different foods that generate a lot of different, a lot of ideas and I see things that I do like, but when I try to apply it to my own concepts, I'm always trying to add something else to it. There has to be another element that elevates the entire experience, whether the food is super unique where you've never seen it before or whether the store experience is something completely different. And I, that's, I'm always looking for that little spark um, to, to make it, that oomph that, that, that people are trying to capture and, and that, that like that umami feel and like that sixth sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to capture. Okay. Okay. So I know, um, you know, we see all the projects you're, you're working on, you have a lot of success with actors and mm -hmm. I am King, but we all know that's not all kind of roses and rainbows at the end of the yeah, day. And there's, there's, there's two stories you shared on Facebook. I thought it was so powerful. Mm -hmm. um, the first one was that when you had your clothing company and you had this beef with this other guy, yeah. Now you're right. Can you, uh, you know, for those of you, know, if you can share a little bit about, you know, you know, what that was like, and then, you know, how you kind of reconcile with him and yourself and you know, how it helped you moving forward. Of course. Um, yeah. You know, he, he we kind of, we were both starting in the same brand before I started my brand, I actually helped out another brand. Um, and when I was helping out that brand, um, I was actually trying to invest in that brand early on and the, the, the owner didn't want to let me invest. He didn't want me to be a partner. He said it was, you know, he didn't think I could, I could handle it at that time. And, and that was my motivation to kind of start my own clothing brand because I was like, you know, he, he kind of shut the door in my face. And you know, one of the guys that worked for him, he was a big part, part of, a big player on that team. And when he found out I was, I was leaving to start my own brand, he was, he was hurt. You know, he's like, dude, why are you leaving? You're, you know, like you're that's disloyalty. And I'm like, that's not, this loyalty, I, like my, my goal is to kind of always start my own brand and have something for myself. And it was tough because, you know, we all had, the industry is pretty small. Like any industry you, you go into, it's a very small, everyone knows each other. It's like niche. And I felt like, I felt like it, during that time period, we we're spreading ourselves away from each other. When you're supposed to, in this, in these industries, you're supposed to build a community. You're supposed to work together to make it larger, right? Because mm -hmm. one brand cannot kind of sustain the whole thing. It needs, it needs multiple brands to kind of like, level everything up together and you know we get we get blackballed by stores because they're like homies with him and they wouldn't pick up our they wouldn't carry our stuff and we're like are you serious like that's stupid like why, why, would, why would you do that so i'm like you know fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna go build things up my way i'm gonna i'm gonna take over this industry doing things completely different and i think i always use that as my competitive edge on like hey if you're gonna if you're gonna do something i'm gonna step my game up i'm gonna do it even better and I think over time, like you realize, you know, how stupid it was and how ridiculous like this, this beef was is like some high school stuff. And we kind of just like shook on it one day and we built our friendship over again. Uh, and the funny thing is that he's actually a partner. We're actually partners in one of our projects. together. <laughs> so if, and, you know, someone told me like, um, there's no, there's no failures, only lessons. And Definitely. I know, I know, like, would you say, you would still have gone through that process because there's so many things you've learned for that. And it has made you, you know, made you learn some things that if you had not gone through it. Um, of course, if I, if I didn't, if I didn't go through it, I don't know if I would have had the fire to work 10 times harder than I actually did to prove something, you know, to prove not to just him, to prove myself that I could do it. Um, I think that anger inside that people are always scared of like, you know, everything's supposed to be happy and rainbows and butterflies. It's not like that. You know, like you need, you need that push. You need that pain. And I think that pain, if you use it correctly, you can turn it into something beautiful. And I, I think, we, I think we both did, you know, we utilized it to, to, to amplify our brands and over time, you know, it became the, the beef that we had in the first place was like nothing, you know, it was like, it was, it was like laughable about at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about a couple of the things you're working on right now. Um, 
Portside Fish. Tell me a little bit about what, what's that. Uh, Portside Fish Co. is a seafood concept that I got approached by a, a really seasoned chef in the, he was working a lot of high-end restaurants and he wanted to do a concept at the time and his, his team approached me about doing a seafood concept together. And at the time I, I was already busy at the time. I didn't really want to do any more concepts. I was like, yeah, I told my wife, I'm not going to do anything else right now. I'm going to kind of keep it on pause. And he's like, just come try the food and we can, you can let me know after. And I tried the food and I'm like, fuck, this is good. <laughs> yeah, you were afraid of that, huh? You were afraid to go yeah, to that I meeting, did. right? Yeah, I was. I was like, shit, dude. And I came home I was like, yeah, um, I just signed on the dot. We're doing it. So we're moving forward. Uh, but, you know, the, we opened that in our first location in Irvine. And it's done very, very well, the location we've been in. Uh, sales have increased year after year after year. Um, and we signed two more locations recently, one in Long Beach and one in Glendora. Our Long Beach location is a full brick-and-mortar restaurant. Uh, we have we have full alcohol bar there, and and the great thing about that brand is we don't. It's it honestly sells itself. We haven't done we haven't done too much crazy marketing that we have, we'd have to do on the other brands, but this brand just has its, its returning customers over and over and over again. It keeps increasing, so it's uh, it's been a fun brand to watch. That I don't have to do all the crazy stuff that I've done with everything else. Right, and I know this is this is kind of a little bit different from some of the other things you've worked on. I, you know, other the other things are a little bit more casual, but this one's a little bit more upscale, right? It's on the new location it is more upscale. The first location, yeah. it, it's still casual, but the, the second location is going to be definitely more upscale, correct? Okay. All right. And then I know you've got, you're working on um, Doe and Arrow. Um, yeah. what's, what's that one about? Uh, Doe and Arrow is a cookie shop that I have with two amazing females. They, it's, you know, they are the show. They are the ones that run the brand. They're the heart and soul of the entire operation. Um, I teamed up with them because, you know, they were, both had a lot of experience in the industry. Uh, they had food trucks prior to this. When the food truck craze was insane, they were uh, the early pioneers on it. One, one was uh, she's she's half Vietnamese and she owned a truck called the Nam Nam truck. Mm-hmm. And they were on the they were on the Food Network's Great Food Truck Race season one. And then the other partner, she has the she had a bakery truck and she pretty much put like Ube on the map at the time. And I teamed up with them to help them build this cookie store, and I let them be the front front faces of the show, and I just kind of stand in the background and just kind of guide them with like a lot of my experience that I have and. I just let them do their thing because they, they do a great job of it. Yeah. So for from I think for most people who listen to the show, they know what, what after's ice cream is. Yeah. Um, 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 but what's next? You know, obviously you have multiple locations now. Like what's what's taking you to the next level on after's ice cream? Uh, after's ice cream, we are always trying to figure out how to jump into different territory. We've done we've been we're all in Southern California still right now. We have thirty locations out in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, we first we just recently signed our first deal in Las Vegas. So that's our first out-of-state store. We have a lot of collaborations lined up. You know, you've seen in the past, we've done things with Hello Kitty, you know, mm-hmm. Rick and Morty, uh, Guest Jeans. Uh, uh, the brand list goes on of who we worked with on that. So we're always trying to elevate our brand and brand experiences. Uh, but we've always got a lot of pipeline with afters, and it's the never-ending on that side. So t- tell me how those collaborations work, right? So Hello Kitty, like, I know you working on the Hello Kitty, you worked on the Hello Kitty Cafe out in Las Vegas, but, you know, Tell me what's the business reasoning behind that and, and partnering with the brand like Hello Kitty or Guess and other things. Um, I, I think I learned a lot of that from streetwear. I learned it from, from apparel because uh, collaborating a lot of brands is that you're bringing, you're bringing in a, another fan base, right? To be a, a good introduction to your brand that people that never heard of your brand. Have they never heard of after this is a good way to like, Oh, I'm a Hello Kitty fan. Oh, Hello Kitty ice cream. Let me try this out. Oh, the, oh, the ice cream is amazing. So now that you got a, got a new, you have a new, 
fan that's uh, it's ingrained into your brand now, but the, also the big part of it is that you're bringing brands that work within your, they work within your, your brand values, your core values, right? You can't just, I'm not going to stick another brand that doesn't make sense. You know, I have to make sure that this is a brand I like. It makes sense in my audience. It makes sense as an extension of myself. And I think those are those, it's, it shows, it just shows more personality and brings brand new relevance to the brands that I'm involved in. Okay. Okay. And then do you only collaborate with, with just actors or some of the other concepts you, you work no. with? Did you uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, I recently did a Care Bears collaboration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked with about five brands on that one. Um, I did a different flavors, packaging, different food items. Um, I did collaborations for a lot of different people. Actually, I'd, I'd actually help other brands outside of my own brands put, to, put together collaborations too, just because of my experience in that. Now, do you do any work or, or, or have been involved with the ice cream tri- ice cream museum that's kind of been popular uh, over the last year or so? We we did we did the we did the LA one. We did we did a whole we did a month event with them over there. Mm-hmm. We did a special flavor with them. We had special cups and they served it to all the all the people that came through. So yeah, we did we have worked with them before. Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I um you know um I want to go back to another kind of um, story you shared on Facebook and one of your stories that didn't didn't do so well uh, you know do you know and you know again it yep. was uh you know i appreciate it because you know i think a lot of people think hey you know we have all these successful stories but don't see all the other all, all, all the failures and you shared some powerful stuff there but um can you kind of go back and tell us a little bit about that store and you know what you had to go through and then ultimately shutting it down of course um i think we had that was my third concept the food concept that i, I worked on developed and I think that that was, we teamed, we teamed up with another group at the time. And I think we kind of rushed into how we, we approached it. Um, you know, at that time, Afters was like on top of the world. It was killing it. Our G, our G bro, we had a concept called GD Bro Burger. And that was doing very well at the time as well. And when we did Noodle Noodle, my goal was to put my stamp on Little Saigon. You know, I wanted to do something for the Vietnamese community. I wanted to introduce, I wanted to do high quality but I also wanted to put together I want to also introduce ramen to the area because there was no ramen in in the Bosa area at the time and you know we we, we kind of got some things down right but we're you know our partners kept rushing us to open um, some of the partners that we had on board weren't aligned with the, we weren't aligned, our visions weren't aligned and you know they started you know we started making some money and they you know we started seeing money missing we started seeing quality of our food change we had items we had menu items that were super popular that weren't available because they weren't doing inventory correct or they didn't know what was going on. So people would drive like super far away and come down like, Hey, I want oxtail fries. And then we're like, we don't have oxtail fries today. Are you serious? Like, you know, those are things that you know, get bad reviews on it and it hurt, really hurt our business. And I think the last straw was that when, when the car ran to that store, I was like, you know what, this is bad juju. This is, <laughs> like we have to, we have to get, we have to sell this business like right now. I don't care what we sell it for. Like, get rid of it. Like, just just get, get off the books and let's move on. Yeah. Um, but you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of failures and experiences that I haven't been able to share yet. You know, I always try to make sure enough time passes by and that I respect the other partners that were involved in each project, um, that I get their blessing to be able to talk about the situations. Uh, I'm super, I'd love to talk about it. You know, I'm super open about a lot of things and, and express, you know, those lessons that I learned and where, how it took me to where I am today. Yeah. So you, you mentioned like kind of rushing out and, and putting out a, a product. So what's the balance, right? Because at some point, like you, you can't, you can't be perfect, right? So what's the balance between a, a, a perfect product that you you always kick down the road because never, or something like, all right, let's just get out this, get this out the door. So we know how to tweak it and we'll just change it along the way. Um, I, I think 
you know, you're always going to run there. You're never going to get a hundred percent product, but I think you need, you still need a baseline of like what this should taste like, right? If it at least hits like 80% of the mark for a night, we can always work to a hundred. But if you're, if we're starting at like 30 and we're opening a store, that's, that's, that's a, that's a problem. You know, that's, that's kind of where we're at, you know, we're at 30 and, and we're trying to like rush our way to a hundred, but we weren't even close. And I think I, like I said, I use that lesson to, to, on the concepts now, like, Hey, if, if it doesn't get to this quality, we're not opening the damn store. Like, if, I'd rather not like, don't put, if you're going to open the store, don't put my name in. I'm going to go do something else. Like I'm not going to sign up for it. Okay. Yeah. Now are, are there any new projects that, that you are going to share with us that you're working on that we might be able to see soon? Yeah. I got Matt black coffee is, is opening up soon. Um, that's one of the most exciting projects that I'm, I'm being able to be involved in. Uh, I teamed up with two amazing groups. Um, one is a street artist named Joshua Vides. He is super killing it right now. He just dropped a whole collection with Fendi. You know, that's a, that's a high-end brand. And he has a whole 160 pieces of, of, of product that he's dropping with them from bags to apparel. And he's doing, he's designing our entire store. So when you see our store, it's going to be wow. something different, like something out of this world. When you walk in that store, you never, it's never something you've never seen before in that coffee shop. And uh, the, the coffee group that I've ended up partnering up with, they just recently won the Roaster of the Year, mm. so the World Roaster of the Year. So we have the best coffee around. We have a super dope artist. Um, I get to be a part of it as well. And, and, you know, it's putting this team together and hopefully it all works out. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's learning, you know, even though you have super teams, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. And, uh, and have you guys picked a location for that one already? Yeah, it's opening downtown LA. We're almost, construction's almost complete. We're, we're almost finished. We paused a little bit because of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully it should be done. Everything should be done by summer. And it, it, it's uh, something I'm, I'm super excited to share with everybody. You've you talked about having partners in, in nearly all your projects here. Um, so what do you look for in, in a partner um, when, you know, trying to get to a project? I'm looking for partners that are super transparent that are ready to give 110%. You know, some people have a, they talk a good game, but they're not, they're not ready to commit. You know, you need someone ready to commit and go at it. Um, transparency is important, having good vibes together, um, filling each other's gaps, understanding your role, uh, being able to pivot and open-minded. I think open-minded and pivot is, is, is important because sometimes your ideas, you might have the greatest idea in the world, but it might not make sense to where you're opening or the time frame that you're opening. You might be too early. Uh, so I think when you understand how to pivot, you can always change things around and, 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 and help things take off. Oh, that, that, that's awesome. Now, um, are all your stores, uh, I, they're all corporate, right? You don't need a franchise? Uh, no franchise. Everything is, is, everything is corporate owned. The only thing I, I am, I am a franchise of two concepts, uh, of the Hello Kitty Cafe in Las Vegas and Seven Leaves Cafe in, in, in Vegas. And any of those, any of those stores that open in Nevada are, are mine. So let's talk about a little bit of that. So you've always kind of been in control with your, with your, uh, with your concepts. And now being a, a franchisee, you kind of be at the mercy of, of what they do. Are, do, you, do you have to go like this sometimes? Like, I want to do oh, this. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I, it was, um, I have a good relationship with the set. Like, I'll tell a short story about Seven Leaves. I have a great relationship with them even before this, before we worked together already. Uh, we still have a great relationship, but my, my, my best friend really wanted the project. Like he really wanted Seven Leaves. And he's been my partner from I'm King to Afters to a bunch of different projects. And he's like, you know what? I want this project. And I'm like, are you, are you, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to sign on to a franchisee. He's like, I can't get the, I can't get the deal without you. And you know, I said, you know what? You're my best friend. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to lock myself in, but it's, it's been good because you know, we have a brand that's established and known and, and it's different. Like I don't have all the control in the world, but I, I get to learn this side. You know, I get to learn, I get to learn how to work with, with chains, a little bit of chains on the time around. So it's a, uh, it's different, but it's, it's a, I always got to learn. I gotta be, I'm a yeah. student of the game forever. So. 
And I think part of it too is like, then you don't have to always think as hard, right? I think sometimes you're like, just tell me what to do. Exactly. Some, then, yeah, sometimes they have the playbook that's perfect. You're like, hey, well, I, you're like, when you see the playbook, you're like, oh, I would have never thought of that. Oh, that's, that's a great idea. So yeah, I've learned a lot from, from working with them at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you always talk, you also talk about, you know, um, bringing on the right people, right team. So, you know, on one side, what do you, you know, you were talking about what do you look for in, in potential partners, but then what do you look for as teammates? You bring someone on for your project, not as a partner, but maybe, maybe someone working for you. Right. So what do you look, uh, look for in those types of people? I look for extension, a bit of an extension of myself. I think I'm always looking for someone that I can get along with, I can talk to. I, I think I always usually think of myself as a pretty friendly guy. And I would like to have people that are friendly to talk to because they're, you know, you're, I'm in the service business. And if you can't have people that are, are friendly and welcoming, then it's going to go downhill no matter how, how good you are at your craft. You know, you come in, you're just, you're just yelling at customers, you're yelling at your staff, it just doesn't work well. So I'm always trying to find like really good people with really good hearts and, and making sure that they're looking out for me as, and they understand that I'm looking out for them at the same time. Awesome. Awesome. So we're kind of like at the end of the, the, uh, the, the time here, but there's a couple rapid fire questions I, I want to ask you okay. and just answer the first thing that pops in your, uh, pops in your head. Okay. okay. Um, what's, uh, who do you look up to? My parents. <laughs> All right. What's the best, uh, business advice you've ever received? Best business advice to try, keep trying. Like your first business may not work out your second, third, fourth, fifth, seventh, 10th, 20th concept might not work out, but that 21st or that 50th idea that you have is that one time that you need to be right. And that could completely change your life forever. Uh, what's the best business book you've ever read? Um, a book that changed my life is start with why by Simon Sinek. I read that book during my clothing days when I was in a weird depression mode and a book really like turned me around and I, I, I used that. I like, when people ask me which book I recommend first, I was like, that's, that's a good one to understand why you're doing things before you actually do it. Um, if you could do one thing over again, what would it be? Nothing. Nothing. Right. I, I, things, uh, if, if, if I change anything, my life wouldn't turn the way it became. So I just, I'm just enjoying life as is, as, as it should be. All right. And then uh, finally, uh, what's the biggest uh, challenge in your business today? Biggest challenge? Uh, you deal with a lot of different personalities. And, and like I said, you know, even though you have good business partners, you're, you're dealing with people that, you know, you all, everyone thinks different. Like I, I might not always have the right answers. They might not always have the right answers. And I think it's always challenging to, to get on the same page because it's always a little bit different. So I think we, no matter how strong or big your brand is, that's something you're always going to, to fight when you have partners. All right. And then lastly, real quick, um, cause you were in the hat. Um, you started this, uh, you know, uh, brand orange County, uh, recently. Can you tell me a little bit about that and this mission and what you're trying to achieve with, with that? Of course. Um, orange County is a place that I'm born and raised in. And I always felt like the city has always been overlooked. And I think there's so many great things that come from this community and so many amazing talent that comes from here. And I wanted to use this platform to get people to represent the area. You know, I kind of got tired of people wearing LA, like, why, like you live in Orange County, why are you wearing LA shit? Like, should be like, LA is a great place, but you know, you need to be repping for OC. Like if people ask you where you're from, you need to let them know like Orange County, you put it on the map. And I think I, that was always something I wanted to do. I wanted to have a gift shop that had, you know, like Orange County, everything that you can wear and be prideful and let people understand like, we're a great town. We have so much talent here. We have so much opportunity in this melting pot and, it's my platform to share stories and, and, and put others on the map. Awesome. And so, um, you know, if we want to um, know, get, get talk to you, learn more about you, learn about what you have, where can we find you? 
Uh, Instagram is probably the one of the easiest places to find me um, at Andy the Andy the Wind, and my email Andy at OrangeCounty.com. It's easy to find me. All right, hey Andy, thanks again for your time. If you haven't had his food uh, after his ice after his ice cream, portside fish, uh, donero, um, look at his LinkedIn. It's like four pages. <laughs> all right, you gotta go at that. Oh, but thank, thanks again for your time here. I uh, appreciate it, and thank you for sharing from the heart. You know some of the stories you. Uh, I had to go through. Thanks for having me. And hopefully everyone stays safe during this time period and makes it through. So we got to fire our way through. All right. Thanks again. And hopefully we can talk again soon. All right. See you guys.